Hi everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase Vast Horizon, an award-winning audio drama podcast. Join Dr. Nalira Ek, an agronomist, as she awakens on a spaceship en route to populate a new solar system. The ship is plagued by issues, and she seems to be the only living soul on board. She will have to fight tooth and nail in the midst of an uncaring void to survive. The world building is meticulous and expansive, and the complete story awaits you without the need to wait on new releases. Featuring the voices of over 50 actors, an award-winning sound design that will place you in the heart of the action. Find Vast Horizon however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at vasthorizonpodcast.com. Subscribe today to experience new things, new people, and new skies. This episode is brought to you in part by BroadlyEpi.com. Whether you want to level up your public health or programming skills for free, want to rent a scientist, or just keep up to date with some of the latest research in public health, go check out BroadlyEpi.com. They also offer custom software solutions for both quantitative and qualitative data analysis and have some tools ready-made on the website. BroadlyEpi.com. Epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. This is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Brought to you, Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. The Moon Crown is a horror podcast meant for adult audiences. Please check the show notes for a full list of content and trigger warnings. Do listen with caution and care, and I recommend using headphones. I don't know who might be listening to this, but it wasn't my fault. I didn't summon that thing. This may be restored technology, but I know there are still hobbyists like my... my brother. Artisans like the one allowing me to use his equipment. Though... I wish he wouldn't watch me with his face so close to the glass. Unmoving. You'd think he would be fogging up the surface, standing as close as he is. I think he might be... angry with me. Never mind. It's possible that they'll find me if they hear this. If they tune into the right frequency somehow. But I need to tell someone... So if you can hear this, 
Listen to my side of what happened. The world as we know it is exactly as you might perceive. And yet nothing like it at the same time. I learned this first by working through the academy at God's Peak. As a transcriber, I generally take down accounts of all forms of creatures, yet specialize in unclassified entities. This doesn't mean that they're new entities per se, but rather ones that don't fall into the categories already established in our town. Over the last two centuries, the Academy hasn't found a single undocumented creature, as in something that has never shown up in the old scripts, or history, or the first-hand accounts in the surrounding area. I learned that my perception might not align with reality by seeing something new and previously undocumented by anyone in our town with my own eyes. I should say, again, I didn't summon that thing. It all started a few months ago. I dragged a coffin through the graveyard outside of town. Oh, by the way, it is difficult to sneak past the stalkers. They're spider-like figures skulking in the moonlight. It might have been the smell. They're not as keen to tear into a dead body, so... In a way, the vampire I'd abducted was a sort of good luck token. At any rate, I was trying to outrun Don. At the time, I just... I hoped he wouldn't die too quickly. Yeah, I know how that sounds. Stay with me. First off, I could get fired for harassment and intent to harm an entity, but that might be the only repercussion I'd face if it wasn't for what happened at the ruins. If you've never been to God's Peak, I don't recommend it. Sheriff Kit is a dick. And if you run into any trouble while visiting, well, don't say I didn't warn you. Let's, uh, let's get back to the coffin. Chains dug into my shoulder while I dragged it along. He was heavy. The vampire. I might be, well, short. Don't call me that. But everyone says I'm weirdly strong. I, I don't know if that's a compliment. Anyway, I wound the chain through one of the coffin's handles, which helped. Because in the other hand, I held a crowbar. When we reached the cemetery central plot, the coffin groaned, and the guy, the vampire, howled from within the wood. It didn't bother me, of course. But maybe it did. A little. Yet it's nothing compared to the winds at night. They're screaming, crying, all through the night. Begging you to just open the door. Please open the door. They're coming, and if you don't open the door, I will die. So, of course, it didn't bother me too much. I banged on the coffin surface, telling him, Nice to hear you're up bright and, early, bright and early. Let's get you out of bed. Before, before he could even talk, I gripped my teeth and wedged the crowbar into the wooden lid. The planks creaked as I pried the thing open. A bright yellow eye peered out of the hole in the wood and I tripped, falling on my ass. Sure, I knew he was in there, but... You ever seen a new gen? 
a newly turned vampire. His face was pallid, lips tattered and sliced, skin withering with each breath. Now, to be fair, he didn't actually look like some of the other vampires in town. I assume they preferred blending in, biding their time, waiting to find you out alone after curfew. Like I said, this vampire was new. Very new. So new that he could- He couldn't help himself when I waited there, biding my time. One who might bite, given my Wondering who might bite, given the opportunity. And when he went for it, well, I was especially sure that the chance that he'd attacked my brother was pretty damn high. I held the crowbar, pressing my foot against the lip while I wrenched the coffin's lid up. His fingers scrambled to get a hold of me, so I had to act fast, bashing his knuckles with the bar until he pulled his hands back in. Screaming. And I... I relished in it. There's something strange about that. Now that I say it out loud, I don't think I've always been so cruel. But things are different. But the things are different now. So much I've left to do to heal, to kill. Or. or. no. Why would I say that? I only wanted answers, that's... Shit, look, I don't know why I've... Why I've been acting this way. Even with what happened to Arnell, it's... It's too much, right? Right? But... I went on. I popped open the coffin, letting the vampire tumble out onto the dirt, into the fog. Upon hallowed ground. His hands were bloody, clutched to his chest. He seemed surprised to see me. He looked from my face back to the broken pieces of himself, asking me why in the God's will I would do something like that. I, I could almost spot the humanity behind his metallic irises. Smears of dirt painted his pale face sweeping across his cheek to his pointed ear. I finally got to the point, asking which one of his clan turned my brother. He acted like he had no idea what I was talking about, and he didn't seem very open to helping. I tapped the statue beside us, ripping the vines that crossed its rusted plaque. Its epitaph was faded, but you could clearly see the words. Here lies Goliath. His eye twitched when he realized where he was. Maybe he knew then who I am. It's all the town wants to talk about in their hushed murmurs. This undulating chorus following wherever I walk, like a chant. They might have thought I couldn't hear them. That I never noticed them standing at their windows. All of them. Chanting in unison when I would leave for work in the morning. Goliath. Goliath. As far as I'm concerned, it's just a family name. Nothing more. But clearly the town disagreed. They kept statues like those. As if the things acted like some protective barrier. 
When I did hear their whispers, they talk of... of something greater and darker. They have their beliefs, and maybe they're right. What's wrong with me? What? That was so... Stress? Yeah, stress. I mean, all of this is stress. He came after me. He didn't. I guess I... I guess I should... Focus. Get back to transmitting. Well, I swung the chain at him, lashed at his face, so he took the chance, grabbed it, pulling me closer. Blood streamed from his wounded mouth, dripping onto my hands. He wanted to know what sort of symptoms Arnell was showing. Was he eating bloody meat? Was he sleeping during the daylight? According to him, none of that meant anything. He told me that I should have known that. I did. I've read all of the documentation at work. It's a list of symptoms that plenty of entity transformations present. But I was pissed. I told him how Arnell was sick. Infected. There was a statue towering over us. Green marble. The sort of cloaked figure. The carving so intricate it looked like real cloth. It held a lantern in its bony fingers. It took me a moment. To really hear him, the vampire, asking if Arnell was just sick. If I was ready to go to jail over a guess, pretty good joke. Let me reiterate, Sheriff Kit doesn't care what happens in town. There is this steam whisking around us, and we were both drawn to the statue. Inching closer, listening for the low growl that emanated within the stone. I broke out of the trance when I noticed him panicking. He had scratched at his neck, held a slice of skin between his fingertips, and then he said something that probably changed the course of my life. He wanted me to ask Benny about it, about the infection. Apparently, he didn't have time for my vigilante bullshit. His words, not mine. Admittedly, he really didn't. Oranges and pinks bled into the sky, and I stood back while he hurried, crawling to hide under the coffin, begging me to just nail him back in. I watched him, sort of paralyzed, wondering if my brother felt as terrified as this. The night he started to turn, the night that I pulled him up the stairs to his bed, followed by nights of me feeding him raw, finely diced meat mixed with milk, he lost the strength to chew through the pounds and pounds of flesh that he was craving. All these days, watching him fade into nothingness, hoping that I was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have done what I did. All of the things I've done since then. Turns out, I was headed in the right direction. I just... I took the wrong path to get there. Above us, there are these gray clouds drifting over the sun, casting shadows, leaving trails of God's rays over the horizon. I 
I picked up the coffin's lid from its place on the ground. And I watched him there for a moment, memorizing his huddled form in the coffin. And I... Then I walked away with the lid, leaving one long trench in my wake. You have to understand, even if you're on the jury for the trial that could be awaiting me, even if you're one of them, even if you're particularly sympathetic to the new generation of beasts and, and you think I'm a monster for dragging him out into the sun, leaving him there. I had to find who infected my brother, why he was sick. I needed to. I can hear them right now. The chorus, that murmur, hum in the floorboards. The, The artisan hasn't moved from his place behind the glass. I think he's He's waiting for me to leave. Which is fair enough. What I need to do first and foremost is find another place to hide. Find the others. But if you care about what's happening here, about what we saw, about what's happening to our world, remember this frequency. I'll talk talk to you again again soon. Do these broadcasts usually make it? How much for your time? That piece is pretty. I'd be tempted to take it if you weren't around. Sorry. Uh, you know, there are things in there, right? I think they're Tianak. I don't think you're supposed to keep them like that. They're not exactly. They're, uh... Undead, you know, uh, children? Well, can you maybe turn around for a sec? Can you, can you hear me? Oh. Oh. I should get going. I don't have much on me right now, but... I don't even know how much something like this would even cost, and... But if you see a necromancer, a vampire, and a... Mananangal, could you you tell them there's a friend waiting for them? There's a nearby coastal city. They'll know where to find me. And I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention this to anyone else. Are you looking for more spice in your listening experience? Stop by a column class for a tasty dose of bonus content and ad-free episodes of The Moon Crown and many others. 
The Moon Crown is a podcast by me, M. Mulder. You can find The Moon Crown Pod on TikTok, Tumblr, and Twitter, or learn more about the show at themooncrown.com. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.